0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Are you someone that tends to focus on the what-ifs rather than the what is? My next guest for you guys on the Storybox podcast is none other than the amazing, kind, sweet-hearted Byron Katie. And I was super blessed to be able to spend almost about an hour uh, diving into and unboxing Byron Katie's story and I have to say to you all she shares some things that uh, you won't hear anywhere else. She's never shared them before so I felt very privileged and honored to be able to hear that coming from her and I know you guys are going to feel and challenged by what she has to say, but Katie is one of the, the most foremost and most recognized people when it comes to uh, self-help and this program um, or practices called The Work. Uh, she's a best-selling author of multiple books. She's friends with Eckhart Tolle, Tony Robbins, just to name a few of those titans when it comes to personal development and, and helping uh, grow and, and become more but for those of you who don't know Katie's story, she entered into a 10-year-long downward spiral of depression and phobia, self-loathing and suicidal despair. She drank in excess and her husband kept bringing her pints of ice cream and codeine pills, which she ate like candy. And she ended up weighing over 200 pounds. She slept with a gun under a bed and she prayed every single morning not to wake up. And it got to a point... Of concern for her children that she didn't end up killing herself. One morning she was lying on the floor when a cockroach went past her foot and she realized that she needed to really change and that's where these four questions of the work were born. She started to change and on this episode we we get vulnerable. We we dive into all this stuff. And I think what Katie is all about is so true that whenever we go through, if you are someone that has gone through or you are going through mental health problems, depression, self-loathing, suicidal thoughts, anorexia, bulimia, um, anxiety, stress, you name it, then This is an episode that you need to listen to, you need to share because it is so important that you understand the value of doing the work. And once you have done this work of moving towards healing yourself, which does, I know, take time because I went through this myself and I still go through this every single day. You cannot fully get over mental health or depression. It's still always going to be there. But If you're doing the work every single day, if you're not giving up, then you will be able to overcome. You can be an overcomer. And what I will say to you as well, if you do get something from this episode, share it around. Be a champion in somebody else's life. You can be a catalyst for change, for positive change. But that's your choice. I I completely understand that. But hopefully this episode is able to enable you to share that or this uh, important truth to somebody that you know. Um, You can also watch this episode live on, or not live, but in the flesh over on YouTube. Uh, You can subscribe over there for more. Uh, Please let let us know what you think by leaving a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Um, And you can also leave a comment on YouTube that goes a long way Into spreading these kinds of stories to the world. So I appreciate you all. Uh, With all that being said, my friends, you guys know what time it is. It's time to dive into the story box and hear Byron Katie's incredible, life-changing story.
2: Oh, thank you, Jay.
1: It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I normally ask people one question to start things off, and that is, what does success look like to you?
2: Oh, my, contentment. Mm.
1: Contentment. Contentment. Mm. So what does that actually look like, true contentment? It's
2: like being comfortable on a platform that's ready to launch, Mm. having everything that you need and open to everything, and as it comes in, it's experienced in a, in an absolute in absolutely a, a fearless state of mind, and you just do it. Another way of saying you just do it. It's just like live as a yes, and you don't need a plan that way. You know, it's just like there's a lot of time to to um, have a have a really sweet life. And if someone, like, you know, years ago, someone said, would you come talk to us and It was like, the one that comes to mind is, is like Japan. And I just said yes. And I'd never been to Japan. I'd never done traveling. It's 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 just... And it was just a yes. So there's nothing... After that, everything is a don't know, you know, that don't know mind. And I didn't know who was picking me up at the airport, what they looked like, no information whatsoever, but they had seen my picture and from someone that sent them a snapshot, I, I guess, and, and did the work with people every day for several days and, and, um, and they brought me back to the airport. I ended up again in, at LAX and and went home.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they actually brought you back. Because <laughs> you said yes know. to something.
2: When we're, when, when we're at home in ourselves, we're at home wherever we are. Yeah. And this may sound a, a little far-fetched um, to some ears and experiences, but, but it's my experience. It's all I've got to share. And I love it. it. I don't have to live this, um, with my life out of a um, plan because I trust the plan that, that automatically comes in. We need nothing for it. Sometimes it just looks like, do the dishes. Mm-hmm. And I just do them. You know, just take out the trash. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, make up the bed brush your teeth it's just oh my goodness who would think that the greatest ask of all would appear to be so mundane but it is not a little thing where I come from
1: yes there's so much to unpack there I've got so many questions just from that one one little bit um now I want to ask you first though we'll go we'll go to your backstory so how did you grow up like what we were we experiences growing up. What did you want to be when you actually grew up?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, I think we can all if we just get really quiet and say happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah but um and i was very slow i noticed uh, the children around me in classrooms you know were were understood what was going on i didn't understand so much and then i started faking it like maybe i knew a little or you know, what the teacher was talking about and then eventually i began to kind of catch up and then maybe in some areas i noticed i was caught up some areas not so much and i think we can all you know all relate to that and mm-hmm. And then I at, at some point um, um during a divorce of my first husband, it was so hard. We had three children and it was it was just really hard, really just devastating. And and I was terrified. We had a lot of money and I had um seriously built up a business. And just left it all to get away with, you know, with my children. And I felt like I got the best of the deal there, but that was the deal. And, um, and then, oh my gosh, I haven't even shared these things before. And, and then, you know, the, the, I began to um, experience depression. And it ran deep and it ran for over a decade so seriously that most days I wasn't able to even get out of bed or brush my teeth. Um, debate. Just, it was, it, was, it was terrible. And I thought if anyone saw me, it would hurt them. I believed myself to be so horrifically um, um, awful to look at. You know, I just felt terrible inside and I I just didn't want anyone to suffer like that. So agoraphobia basically is I'm describing some portion of that. And and oh jay, honey, it was so awful. I didn't want anyone to have to experience that state of mind when when there's another way. Mm-hmm. And then one day as I lay sleeping on the floor after about ten years of this hopeless hopeless existence, state of mind. So one day as I lay sleeping on the floor, a cockroach crawled over my foot and it woke me up from that dead sleep I was in the night before I slept on the floor next to my bed because I didn't feel that I deserved a bed to sleep in. That's, that's crazy. And, um, and yet, that was my state of mind. Mm. So, when I woke up from that dead sleep on the floor, before ego could step in and take that space over, there was something between that, that wake up and where the ego did take over. There was that space in between. I saw... Saw it. It was, oh my, oh my, and I began to laugh. And if I had to put it into words, I was like, oh, "Why didn't someone tell me?" Yep. It was so simple. I saw how the, I saw how my entire universe was created, mm-hmm. and I began to laugh. Because I was, <laughs> what I saw that's valuable, that's important, I'd like to share with, with, with your listeners is I saw that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. And when I didn't believe my thoughts, when I questioned them, I didn't suffer. And I've come to see that this is true for every human being. And so everything I have of value that I discovered on the floor is wrapped up inside of each one of us. Mm-hmm. And those four questions I call the work. When we sit in those, it taps us into that kind of knowledge, or the the knowledge and experience I did that I discovered on the floor. I don't even know if I discovered it, Jay. It's it's like I was shown. Mm-hmm. I I and 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 I I woke up to. And that the waking up was the shown. So the shown woke up and I don't, I don't even know how to say it, but oh, I am so, so grateful. Oh my goodness. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. The ego has to take over. This identity, the I, I am, I am Byron Katie. I am this. I am that. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a this. I'm, it's the I, I, I identification, and and it's 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 something that it would take me over. So I would have to just sit quietly in my own work, and I saw and see the ego as. A terrified child a, a like a child just terrified of losing its life, and so I see the ego as you know I fell in love with the ego and it kind of fell in love with me it's you know I questioned it and it began to trust the wisdom that it tapped into and that began to get very very quiet and it it kind of merged into um, um a friendly universe and and um, it's so simple. I don't know how complicated my words sound, but if anyone, if I say, what is your name? And, and they give me their name, they can do this work. They answer the question. It's that simple.
1: I can't begin to tell you how, how much I actually relate to your story on so many levels. Not, not the marriage or the kids aspect, but the depression and feeling absolutely worthless, not wanting to get out of bed. Uh, that happened to me when I was 14 years old and I was exposed mm. to a terrible world of cutting. Mm. Uh, it was, I had to sit mm. uh, there on Skype and, and watch my, the, the girl I was dating at the time literally cut herself open and, and like as a 14-year-old mm. that is going through puberty and adolescence and trying to form ideas of the world, seeing that for the first time and the abuse that came, like the verbal and the emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, was quite quite profound and i lied to myself i lied to my parents i lied to my friends Uh, i was crying out for attention and i I remember sitting down with uh, a counselor she was a beautiful lady who absolutely i adored she adored me and we just connected on on this another level and she just she got down to the real cause, and she made me realise that it wasn't about me, mm. and I shouldn't own uh, what I what I don't need to own. Yeah, I should own what I all the things that I was doing wrong, but I wasn't doing anything really wrong. Mm. <laughs> I was just putting all this oh. pain on myself from what I was seeing. And mm. later in life, you know, when I got over, I worked towards overcoming that side of depression then i went back into last year another state of depression when it always always seemed to come with a broken relationship so but last year i lost um one of the loves of my life my my beautiful german shepherd of 11 years oh, oh no me yeah, too yeah. No. yeah we had to put her down and and both of we were like this we were like inseparable you know and um, I, I didn't have really much of a greeting process through that. And then not long after that, the girl I was dating for a good six, seven months, she ended up breaking it, breaking the relationship without any real reason, uh, just because she wanted to, to go. And then straight after that, I was also thrust into the deep end of a very new job that I had no idea what I was doing. So I was I was <laughs> lost.
2: Oh, honey. Oh, my
1: <laughs> Yeah.
2: We get what we need,
1: don't we? We get exactly what we need. And it comes with, I, I have a question that I, I, I've i only said this to a couple of people. What would you rather, Katie, would you rather sink or swim?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, um, oh, my God. You know, I have to tell you the truth. Sink.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're the first person I've spoken to that has said that as well. Yeah. And it's so yeah. true. It's so true mm-hmm. because I think we all want to swim. We all want to get to that that surface level in life and stay there because it's comfortable, because it's good. But if we don't learn to sink first, how are we ever going to swim?
2: And it's so amazing if we're out of any uh, mental um, past future experience to mm. think oh my goodness and and swimming we can do the same but in the peace of stillness it's just oh my goodness not, nothing to fear Mm-hmm. nothing to fear you know i i i drank water after this experience and it was oh this is so i don't even know to share this when so here it comes mm-hmm. i'm drinking water and it went down what people what some people might say the wrong way Yep. and because i love thinking mm-hmm. well i didn't even know it at the time i wouldn't have named it that but the water was going down that what we call the wrong pipe, and it was amazing, and then it simply came up, so I understood in my own way, what maybe a fish feels like it was like an amphibious experience, and you know I, I, uh, i'm just i'm i 'm in i 'm in i 'm in for it all yeah. I'm, I love life.
1: Mm. I love. I actually tell people to be good at failing because in failure you learn one of life's most greatest lessons, which is humility. First.
2: And <laughs> we finally got an A plus at something, James.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. I mean, if, Katie, if I was to tell you all the things that I've had to endure and experience in my life, you'd you'd be shocked. And I'm oh. only I'm only 23. Oh honey. I'm, I'm still I'm still just a baby. I know, but. <laughs>
2: Uh, well you know that's. i think that um that older young is kind of a a, a state of mind mm. you uh, you sound aged
1: <laughs> thank you a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people say that um i i look young but i'm old at heart
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: i think that comes olden, from Olden wisdom thank you i, I appreciate you saying that um, but I'm I'm curious about going back to this yes aspect of mm-hmm. of your life. You know, it, it, for a lot of people, it is hard to say yes, and I think it comes through fear. And how can we actually get that mindset of overcoming the fear? Can we overcome fear? Is that actually possible to actually get to the point of saying yes?
2: Um. I, um, you know, I saw I didn't have anything to lose. The pain that you and I are both describing in our life, those states of mind, I didn't feel like I had anything to lose. And so that somehow carried over as um, a, a fearless state of mind into this experience. And, and um, you know, nothing to lose. Let's say if someone's coming with a machete and... Shops off my head. Where's the problem? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, there is no problem. Mm -hmm. And if someone, oh, this is these graphics. I don't know what's, what state of mind brings this in, but here it is. It's, It's like if, if someone says he's going to shoot me. It, where's the problem if I am not imagining the bullet before it hits me? If I'm not imagining him pulling the trigger? So far, he has just said, I'm going to kill you. Mm. And my mind has frightened me, not that saint in front of me. Mm. So when this actually did happen to me late one night as I was walking on a river bank in the in this desert area and I was able to because I was not in I was not in this dream of what isn't in other words, the dream of him pulling the trigger. I was able to look into his eyes and just my thought was, I hope he doesn't do that to him. When he said he was going to kill me because I don't want any human being to suffer. But when we're awake to the cause of all suffering, which is what we're really talking about here, when we're up to the cause of all suffering, which is imagining onto a situation what isn't, happening. We can't see what is happening. So that fear has taken the place of wisdom. It has it has moved it aside, or we can say it overrides it. Right. And so we miss life. So let's say if, if my husband, Stephen, uh, walks into the room and he says, good morning, sweetheart. And I think, yeah, Mm. after what he said last night, after what he did. And so I have this image in my head of what is not, Mm. what is not. And so I imagine that onto the real deal. Good morning, sweetheart. So I imagine that onto him. And so then I have to give him the look you know and, and punish him for saying good morning sweet so you know it's a stake of it's it, it's a case of mistaken identity it's mm-hmm. like i am trading the i am trading the inauthentic for the authentic mm. and i think we do that with with um, some of us with everyone we meet we imagine who them to be so we cannot meet them mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that we meet each other, mm. and if we don't put our stories on each other, then there it is—the heart, the heart. You know, it's 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 alive and well, mm. and they're welcome to show me who they are, who they aren't, um, if if you know if if that seems to be the way of it, but I don't want to guess onto them.
1: No. And it's so true what you said. And for many, many people, this comparison syndrome is such a huge issue because we oftentimes, instead of getting to and asking the tough questions, we're so afraid of what people are going to think of us for asking those kinds of questions Mm -hmm. in the first place because there's that vulnerability aspect to it. And I know I've been there many, many times that I've closed myself off to questions that I don't feel like sharing. And that, that was me, 100%. Yeah. But when yeah. I got to the place of saying, hang on a minute, going back to it's not about me. If I really want to help people, if I really want to impact a person's life, and I may never know what they're going through either, but if I really want to do that, I need to take myself out of the equation. I need to be vulnerable. And part of being vulnerable is opening yourself up to being hurt but mm-hmm. that's okay still it's it's the most yeah. it's the most beautiful it hurts, it's like ripping off a band aid i call it mm. you know so it hurts for a little little while but guess what your body does mm. opening it opening <laughs> stuff up to fresh air allows mm. your body to heal quicker yeah so if you can go through that little bit of pain then on the other side is the most it's beautiful
2: like it is beautiful we like ourselves better then when we just just speak um authentically and then people will think what they think anyway. If I speak mm. inauthentically, people are gonna think what they think anyway, so I may as well be authentic.
1: Exactly. So don't <laughs> don't be afraid. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it
2: crazy trying to control what someone thinks anyway? I mean, what a hopeless chase.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I know last year I I tried to control what I couldn't control and I remember having a conversation with my ex about three weeks before it all ended just giving me a hint and was asking me about what if this was to happen rather than what is and my brain immediately said I don't focus on the what ifs I focus on the what if what is because if I focus on the what if then I'm going to allow my brain to stress over pretty much nothing.
2: Yeah, and then you're going into what you can't know.
1: Exactly. No okay. Yeah. So it kind of frustrated me a little bit in that moment. And I was like, why why are you even mm-hmm. telling me this? But it sort of made me understand that you gotta be mindful of the what ifs, but that doesn't mean you allow them to control what is.
2: Yes. Very good, very well spoken, very well said.
1: So nice. I'm curious, Katie, because you mentioned that you were married previously and mm-hmm. then you ended up in a, in a depression. Was mm-hmm. it because of that broken relationship that you ended up in that depression?
2: Well, um, I think the horror of it, um, to my mind, you don't divorce and you marry it's forever. And so here I am in this divorce and then, um, yeah, I and my children shared with me also that that's when it started that terrible depression Mm -hmm. and um what um what a what a downhill spiral um and the addictions in there the um, compulsive overeating and the the loathing, the self hatred. I think that's like the biggest addiction of, of, of identifying believing ourselves is as, as despicable. And um, of course, it's just natural. It's it's all a part of it. Mm-hmm. And until um, until we wake up to something beautiful, mm-hmm. something immovable, immovable, mm-hmm. and our brains go so quickly. Into the um, uh, the fearful mode, the the um, the um, unchangeable past and the uh, fearful future.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That um, it's um, that in in between place, it's um, it's very crowded, and in between the. You know, that linear past, future, what's in the center there, that immovable, that beautiful, when we touch that, mm. it wakes us up in a way that nothing can compete with, especially no, um, the nothing of the past and future. And that may sound a bit strange to, to people, but it's, um, it's, um, just the not now I'm talking about. And, as opposed to just just now, just now, just now.
1: So this idea of addictions and overcoming addictions. These four questions have they been known to help people overcome these bad habits and bad addictions? And
2: yeah, the ultimate the ultimate addiction is is um, is the ego, <laughs> and you know the ego's addiction as it's it's identifying as something that can never be and that is a, a physical object mm. so that um, that addiction is all about i i i me 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 I I, I I i me 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 and when i think about you it's all about me and you know it's just it's you know, i i i but um uh, so that's the ultimate ad- addiction. So after the experience, and I began to, when it began to take me over again, the ego, I would sit, get still, people were calling me enlightened, but It's it, that's just another identification. I would just sit in what is there that was not now, put it on paper, like judge him, judge her, judge them, judge the world, and just put it on paper and then just Settle into that original moment on the floor. Is it true? Mm-hmm. How do I react? What happens when I believe the thought? And that shows us those those not now images of past, future, past, future, past, future. And and then who would I be without it? Mm-hmm. And it's um, and then turn it around like um, um, my life is ruined. Uh, my, my, my! I can't think of a simple like uh, something terrible is going to happen. And after those four questions, I turn it around and witness opposites just to try them on, not to exchange one belief for another, but just to try it on and see what fits. Something wonderful is going to happen and then try that on.
0: Mm. Okay,
2: something wonderful just happened. It was so real. I was in terror and Something wonderful happened when I questioned it. Mm. I see the cause of my suffering. It was an illusion mm. it was it was that. not this this the beauty of right here right now.
1: I love the way you describe it because i've never really heard anything like this before, and I think it's it's profound, especially this this work aspect and mm. i wanna, I want to ask you, Katie, how did you actually from start to where it is now, like begin this business of the work and this foundation, this, these, all these best selling books as well. Like, how did that all happen?
2: By invitation, I just did my work. And mm-hmm. like the, 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 um, invitation to Japan, to Osaka, uh, and like people just inviting me to their homes and and inviting me across the country, across the world, and I would just say yes and uh, I would buy my own air tickets, and I don't know how I did that with three children, but my own they were they were grown the last one was already off in school, just barely 16 and and um, and and. When they would pick me up from the airport, they would take me to uh, the, the first place I'd ask them to take me was to um, uh, to the grocery store. And then I would buy groceries. I'd find out how many people were there and I'd buy them with my own money. And then when we got there, I would do all the cooking, all the serving, all the dishes and work with them all day and all night. And um, I... I had, you know, I I knew how to raise children and I didn't know the difference. And it was just follow the simple directions of the mental, nothing to lose. So then eventually they started handing me money and it was, it, that was radical. It could buy my next ticket, my next flight. And it just went like that. It would be. It would it would, because I had given away. Um, I had given away um, my. Um, as we call it, my worldly goods. I had. I had. Um, you know my my house, my cars, my dog. You know, just just people would say, "Oh, I wish this were mine." And so I don't recommend this to everyone. I had. Um, I had by some grace. A moment in time that, that left me fearless as long as I kept this practice up and I and I sit in this this practice. It's like if if I had the thought now something terrible is going to happen, it would end in a question mark. Mm-hmm. It feels inside of like something terrible is going to happen. And and so it's it's a life of inquiry mm-hmm. and and it's so it it was like that and 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 um, and it hasn't stopped, you know. With this pandemic, um, um, it's just I just follow the yellow brick road. I certainly prefer it to my own life.
1: <laughs> I think I think I do as well, to be honest. I you? think
2: so. I think so, Jay. Oh my
1: goodness! Um, this Mm-mm. I'm even more curious now because you've got this very servant attitude. And a, And a very servant heart, it's quite humbling to hear and actually witness for myself i'm I'm curious what what does love look like to you?
2: Mm, the absence of fear
1: Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good.
2: yeah, that's way you can you can you can live as the yes.
1: I'm writing that down. so how can someone find this real real version of love
2: well um, for me you know i i um it's it's um it's 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 not something that goes away it's something it's not something they could ever lose it is um, a term for our true nature and that's you know the the way that we uh, can test that is is um is anything we think say or do that goes against our heart using the heart as the symbol Mm. that goes against our true nature we feel like guilt we feel guilt and guilt i refer to it as the the fertilizer it's like the best fertilizer in the world to grow addiction it's it's um, it's the egos best friend guild so it's um, um yeah addiction mm. So again, these questions they show they show me up to myself, and I'm not looking for a saint. I'm looking at anything in me that um, would show up as uh, the opposite of that, mm. and it can only be what I'm what I am thinking and believing. That's it, mm. because that is 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 the cause of our of identity, mine, yours the worlds in my world.
1: Mm. So true. So very true. (laughs) Um, Katie, I want to ask you who in your life has had the greatest impact, whether it's been financially, spiritually, mentally, or physically?
2: I guess that would be me.
1: Mm. How come?
2: It's the only authentic version I can look to. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Is there, uh, is there? I
2: can't speak for just because I believe someone to be this, this, and that doesn't mm. mean that it's so. So I go to the to the one I can test it out on mm. and that's myself.
1: Which leads me to my next question, which is trusting in yourself. Is that dangerous?
2: Gosh, I wish I had an example, trusting in myself. You know, I trust myself to do what I do
1: mm.
2: because I do. And the way I believe that to be, if if it's right in me, then good. If it's not, I look at what I was thinking and believing. Mm. And I question that and start over. Mm. Brand new, always new. Mm. I see the tree. Who am I? I'm the one that sees the tree. Mm. Okay. Who is Who is she? Well, she... Dun, 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 dun. Okay, there's, you feel it? It's like, ah. Oh, I need to look to myself because that wasn't her. That was me. Mm. That was me imagining her. So I missed her. Mm. So it's never too late. If I never see her again, she lives in me. I question what I believe about her a hundred percent authentically question myself about what I was believing about her, and now she can live in me comfortably and there's never you know the whole world lives in each of us like you have your world, I have my world, he has his, she has hers and Anyone that wants peace in the world, you know, let's say I want peace in the world. I want world peace. Well, I look to myself and that's my work. Mm. You know, it's like the war of the planets until we do. Mm.
1: What does this idea of peace, right? So I think every single one of us are actually looking for mm-hmm. inner peace. Can you describe what real peace actually looks like?
2: Well, you know, I, I think I said earlier, the absence of suffering, and and in the absence of suffering, I'm connected. So, uh, what does real peace look like? I'm connected with everyone and everything. Mm. And if I'm not, then I question what I'm believing about them, him, her, me. Mm. It's my job to keep the peace. No one else's. Yeah. Everyone else is just like me. They're on their path. And they're my teachers. There's no one I speak with that is not my teacher, the beloved. I'm so grateful.
1: I have, um, I'm writing a book currently, and it's funny that you should mention being on your own path. The title of my book is called The Path of an Eagle. Mm -hmm. The reason why I titled it The Path of an Eagle is because whenever an eagle gets knocked down, spreads its wings, gets back up and when it soars, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life and an eagle never gives up. Like it just keeps doing, it keeps going. It just when when there's a storm, it'll protect its family and by doing so, he will go up above the clouds where the storm isn't present, and then when the storm's over, he'll go back down. And I think that's like literally my life is no matter how many times I've been knocked down, I continue to get back up and I continue to soar because that's the best part is knowing that I actually did get back up. I didn't stay down. No. And I'm able to help others. No.
0: You know, I think
1: what you mentioned earlier, this idea of stories, they can either disconnect us or they can either connect us. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's powerful when we do share, like what you're doing at the moment, sharing your wisdom and, and your your story with everybody else to say there are other ways. There is real inner peace when you choose to be connected with more than just yourself, with others that have been through similar things. And that's what stories do. That's the connection yeah. But you got to make that choice. And yeah. I've really enjoyed this conversation, Katie. I've got a couple more <laughs> questions for you if you don't mind. Okay. Um, if you could ask a question to anyone alive or dead, who would it be, why, and what would you ask them, do you think?
2: How can I help? Wow. And that's not, that's not the best one because it, it, it assumes they need help, but it's all that I've got.
1: And authentically saying, how can I help? Yeah. That is so good. Who would you ask it to? Just anyone?
2: Well, it would be silent. It would just, it would look like availability to live out. How can I help Mm -hmm. without even speaking Mm it?
1: My second last question for you, Katie, is this is my legacy question that I love asking people at the end. So you've been able to reach the age of 100 And your friends have put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. I won't uh, we won't ask them how they got it. We'll call it magic. But Mm -hmm. being able to put it together and show it to you on your hundredth birthday, what do you want that film to say and to show about your life?
2: A blank screen. (laughs) A blank, a blank blank Blank. screen. Maybe you could say it's a beginning.
1: Oh, that is powerful. (laughs) That just that just smacked me right in the face. That's so good. Did you just come up with that, or was?
2: (laughs) Well, you asked me a question, and and you know we never know what what is going to meet that question.
1: Wow, wow! If you could recommend any anyone read any book, what book would you recommend them read?
2: Oh, gosh, you know, I call it the book of yourself.
1: <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh, I love these answers. Yeah. so good. Where can people find you, Katie? Where can people find your work?
2: At um, at ByronKaty.com, or um, they can find me Monday through Thursdays, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, mm. Um, we hang out for an hour, and like the two of us, we just really have a good time. I do the work with people, and um, and meet the family of the world from from my screen. You know, we're all virtual
1: at the moment. We are, yes, but <laughs> it's an interesting time, uh, but. Byron Katie, I just want to acknowledge you for a moment and say I appreciate everything that you have done and everything that you're putting out there into the world. You are a true, authentic human being, and I don't find that many people are like that in today's world, which is uh, reason sad in, in many ways. But thank you for sharing your story. And oh, thank you, Jay.
2: You know, we're all works in progress.
1: Mm, that's true.
2: Um, um, it's... Um, <laughs> it's it's, yeah we're all works in progress
1: thank you for showing up and for being of service and for showing so much (laughs) kindness i really do appreciate it so once again thank you for coming on the storybox podcast thank
2: you jay thank you for all that you serve and all that you are bye bye beloved
1: i don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have feel inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, Please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom and don't forget, your story is is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, hello?